0: John 1 29-34 As we open John's Gospel today, John the Baptist introduces us to Jesus. John is always the one who points out Jesus to us and we need him to know who Jesus is. I want to pick on three things John says about him. He is the Lamb of God, he is the one on whom the Spirit remains and he is the one who baptizes with the Spirit. What does it mean to say that Jesus is the Lamb of God? We announce the same thing at every Mass. Sometimes people think that it means he is gentle, like a lamb. It is far more than that. Lambs were the sin offering in the temple, sacrificed to take away sin. John was announcing that Jesus would be the sacrifice that God provides so that your sin and mine would be taken away forever. This talk of sin might feel very familiar to Catholics. Many people feel that being Catholic means you have to feel bad about yourself and guilty all the time, irrespective of how many times you go to confession. I don't know if that is your experience? This is in fact one of the accusations atheists throw against religious institutions. Making people feel guilty and talking about God punishing them gives the religious leaders power over people. There is some truth to that of course. Fear and guilt can make people come to church but it cannot make anyone love God or others. And if the only thing that your faith does is make you feel guilty, then at some point people will just give up. Why go to church to feel worse about yourself? Doing some meditative exercise, going to a therapist or even to the gym might make my life better than church. In the Bible, the one who accuses us and works on our guilt is Satan, not God. John does not say behold the accuser of God or the judge of God, Jesus is the Lamb of God who comes to take away our sin, so we can be free and know the love of God. The foundational experience of the spiritual life, is to know that you have been forgiven. Without that we don't make much progress. It is not of course bad to know we have sinned. But we focus on things we do wrong, which are also sins, and not often deal with the root sin which is a broken relationship. Imagine you fight with a close friend causing your relationship to be irrevocably broken. You can say sorry but it doesn't help and you become estranged over months, maybe years. You've just moved on over time. Your life is okay, but the memory of this friendship still hurts. Now imagine, if after all these years, they say to you, I've forgiven you, let's forget about the past, I want you back in my life. Imagine the sweetness of this revelation, a debt has been removed, you've been set free. Imagine if this was an even more significant relationship, like a parent or close family member. In the book What's So Amazing About Grace? Relationships that go wrong affect even the most detached people, because we were made for relationship. And the fundamental relationship which informs everything else is our relationship with God. Because God is not just the one who created us, but because we were created in to be with God, as his sons and daughters. We might not even be aware of this missing link. We have our own ways of living our lives and fixing our problems, But something deep within us is misaligned, is dislocated. We are not connected to our Father. We live as orphans. Over history, God laid the burden of carrying the memory of what had gone wrong with the human race over a people, Israel. They waited on God's promise to heal our wounds. And as Jesus comes out of the waters of baptism, John, who sums up the prophetic tradition of Israel, declares, This is the one who will heal our relationship with the Father. He is the one on whom the Spirit rests. Jesus, as the Son of God, always had the Spirit. But when Jesus walked this world, he did everything as man, he never stopped being God, but he wanted to show what we were truly meant to be, filled with the Holy Spirit. Which means when we see Jesus, we don't just see what God is like, we also see what we are meant to be. People loved being with Jesus. You never saw Jesus running around agitated and out of control with all that was happening around him. He could do so because he always knew the Father loved him, even on the cross. He loved even those who were crucifying him. He did all this by the power of the Spirit as man. And this is what Jesus does for us. He baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? It means to be immersed in the love of the Father, because the Holy Spirit is the love of God in person. It is the Holy Spirit who communicates this love to us. If you have been baptized, you have already received the Spirit. But He can be dormant, He's not in control. We need to give Him permission to act in our life. When this happens, we know in the core of our being, the Father's voice, which speaks over us the same words He spoke over His Son Jesus, You are my beloved son, daughter, with you I am well pleased. To know this is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is through the Spirit that we know that God is for us, not against us. That He has forgiven us. When we hear this voice, our lives can be healed. We might still have some difficult family members, we might even have our neuroses and need our therapist. We'll definitely still need to go to the gym. But they will all find their place as something deep within has come together. We are not orphans. We have a Father in heaven. This is the invitation of this Gospel today. How do we receive this? We have to ask the Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, please give me your Spirit. Make my life new. We have to ask to be filled every day. We can ask Him in the Eucharist. Jesus comes in the Eucharist even as the priest proclaims Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Ask the Father to take away your guilt. Here, our relationship can be healed. Here we can be made new by the power of the Spirit.